I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret. Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer. Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Second hour of Clay and Buck starts right now, everybody. Thanks for being here with us. I said we'd talk about migrants and the border and also migrants in New York City here in a second, and we certainly will. Um... The northern border, though, we usually think of the southern border. Do you see this, Clay? The northern border has had a 700-plus percent spike in migrants trying to cross. So between uh, October 1st and December 31st of last year, the Border Patrol covering Vermont and New Hampshire. You don't often think of that as a Border Patrol sector, but it is one. They have even seen a 7X surge. Now, the numbers are far smaller uh, than what you're dealing with at the U.S.-Mexico border, obviously. Uh, you're looking more more along the lines of the hundreds instead of the, the thousands or, or, or hundreds of thousands that, that have been crossing. But it's interesting just to see that it's now from from both sides you have an illegal immigration relative surge it's enormous at our southern border by any standard but as a uh, as a percentage a dramatic increase because people realize that the Biden administration is not going to do anything about about any of this so yeah there's a there's a story buck to speak of this do you know how many russians have come across our southern border a bunch 35,000 uh, Russians have traveled to the southern border because I, and I know this because there was a story in, uh, it's interesting you mentioned the northern border. There was a story in the New York Times Sunday edition about two Russians who came in through Alaska. They went to, uh, the, one of the small island outposts of the United States. They fled from Russia, uh, and have claimed asylum. But the story was about the number of Russians who have entered into the country and claimed asylum 
because of the war that's going on. And the New York Times number, I believe, 35,000 coming across the southern border, which was a staggering number to me. I know we've talked about how many different countries people are coming to Mexico and just deciding to walk across the southern border and claim asylum. 35,000 Russians was a jaw-dropping number to me. And they just fly to Mexico, basically, and then walk right across the border. Since we're talking jaw-dropping numbers, 5 million immigrants, illegal immigrants, have entered the United States since January of 2021 when Joe Biden took over. 5 million million in two years. Okay? So as we're looking at the data now, we're looking at the numbers – how how much more open could the border be? And you'll you'll notice the Biden administration doesn't feel any urgency on this issue, uh, isn't going to do anything other than every time they say they're going to surge resources, particularly at our southern border, every time uh, they claim that they're paying attention to it, it's just to add processing so that people can be more uh, easily and readily let into the United States. Think about it this way, everyone. They're all saying, Clay, that they're asylum seekers. This is how they gain. This is the giant gaping hole in our system that has been exploited. And it's really, it's really immoral. I mean, I will say that this, uh, this idea that you can lie about being persecuted from your home country so you can skip to the front of the immigration line. There are people for whom getting asylum is a life and death issue. These are not individuals. 99% of them, more than that are not actually asylum seekers. And the data bears all this out. The actual numbers about who, about who's going to get asylum, you know, maybe maybe one in 10 will get some form of, of, of status given to them. And that's probably high. But, Clay, you have to wonder, at what point does the Biden administration recognize that this is this is unsustainable if we're going to pretend to even have a border? Why, why even go through the motions? Buck, and, and I'm glad you brought up that 5 million number because I was thinking about this the other day. You think about numbers, and sometimes you don't contextualize them. And I know I do this sometimes, too. Let me give you a context for what 5 million means in a way that I think a lot of people out there could understand. Basically, since Joe Biden became president, the entire state of South Carolina, we have added in population. So if you have ever been to the state of South Carolina, about 5.2 million people, every single person in South Carolina right now is how many people walked across the border. Uh, Alabama, 5 million people. More people have come into this country illegally under Joe Biden than live in Louisiana, Kentucky, Oregon, Oklahoma, Connecticut, Utah, Iowa, a lot more, Nevada, Arkansas, Mississippi. I mean, think about when you talk about 5 million people, you're talking about the entire state of Alabama or South Carolina and populations that are more substantial than over basically half of the populations in the United States right now. And, that, and that's crazy to think about. This is all on the premise because what, what the activists and and the, you know the left wing will say is they're allowed to be here. They're they're seeking legal status through the asylum system. How long does anyone think it would take to process millions? of asylum claims in any sort of real way, meaning you're going to uh, figure out who this person is, have them prove their story, um, you know, give them their, their day in court uh, over asylum. The way the uh, increasingly, I think the way the Biden administration is going to push for amnesty 
is a backdoor amnesty where they're just going to try to make it so that they what's going on the border is the credible fear test that Border Patrol and Immigration and Customs Enforcement do where you have to say very, very minimal things to be, oh, I'm now seeking defensive asylum in the U.S. They've decided that they're not going to detain people, which is against the law, by the way, but they don't care. And they let them into the country. Clay, if they make it super easy to effectively get a rubber stamp asylum claim done, that's a that's a test. That's a switch that they could have just from the system without necessarily getting any change in legislation. I think that's something they're hoping to accomplish because the Republicans in the House, I don't believe, will go along with a mass le- mass amnesty through legislation. So they're they've exploited the holes in the system to let them in. To let them all stay indefinitely, I think they're going to do the same thing. Obama administration essentially did a version of this, but they weren't doing it through the immigration courts. They were doing it by just they were going to hand out IDs and work visas to everybody who was coming in, who was the family member of a DACA recipient. I think it was it was it was DACA and DAPA deferred action for childhood arrivals, deferred action for the parents of arrivals. It was going to be like seven million people, something like that. They were just going to give up. So this is what we're heading toward. Five million people. How could you even process that if you wanted to? I just think, again, to contextualize, over half of American states have a population that is smaller than that number, basically. So if you think about it from an Alabama or South Carolina perspective, and remember, it's going to grow. It'll move into, during this Biden administration next two years, it will move into you know probably a top 10, top 12, top 14 state population where wherever you're listening to us right now during joe biden's tenure your state population there's a good chance around 25 states have 5 million people 5.2 million people or fewer that contextualizes it and you know a state like wyoming buck has 600,000 people so you basically have had 10 wyoming's enter since uh joe biden became president and and if you're wondering, uh, you know, the remember the old the old storyline we used to hear about illegal immigrants was always they do the jobs Americans won't do. They contribute to the economy. They're going to save Social Security. These are all these are all the old Democrat talking points. Meanwhile, you speak to Eric Adams or any large city mayor right now with the influx of migrants they have. And what do they all say? We can't afford this. We can't afford to pay for the housing, the food, and effectively the room and board of these different of these these migrant groups and so that's why we mentioned this in the last hour in in hell's kitchen new york city uh they have um, a hotel where there are migrants who have been housed and they are refusing this is on west 57th street the watson hotel the migrants were told clay they should move to the brooklyn cruise ship terminal where they've set up a facility for migrants and they're protesting outside the hotel where they're staying at taxpayer expense, saying, no, nah, we like the four-star hotel. I think we're going to stay here. We don't want to go to the other place. That's, I'm just, that, this is the mentality, everybody. This is what's going on. And well, you are paying for it. If you wonder why people are coming, imagine that you are living incredibly poor in Latin America and one of your friends or family members texts you and says, hey, I'm in New York City now, right off Times Square, in a four-star hotel. I got cable. I got, uh, you know, heating, air, great bathroom. 
this is how rich the United States is. They're just putting us up in hotels that are probably nicer than almost any hotels that exist in many of the countries where these guys are coming from. Do you think that's going to persuade you that you shouldn't come? Or are you going to be like, this is amazing? And remember, they also probably got a free bus ride to New York City from Texas, too, right? On top of everything else, you came across illegally, and you say, okay, where would you like to go? And you're like, New York City, and, and you get popped on a bus. Next thing you know, you're in New York City staying in a four-star hotel. I Again, I, I just question how many people in our in our listening audience have ever gotten to stay in a four-star hotel in, in Manhattan, much less our taxpayers paying for it. It's crazy. I'm an American citizen, and if I showed up to a four-star hotel, and I've been paying taxes for a long time, haven't gotten very much for it, uh, if, if I showed up at a four-star hotel and said, I pl- I'm going to stay here for free and have people bring me food for free, and I get to do whatever I want, and this is now my home, uh, I assume hotel management would call the police and I would be arrested, right? Like, that that would just be my, my assumption. Yeah. Now, I know they've been told by the government authorities that they can stay here, but now they're being told you got to go, and they're saying, no, no, we're, we're going to actually try to just stay here uh, at taxpayer expense. It's hundreds of millions of dollars, everybody. Can I also just put that out there? This is not a small amount of money that the city of New York is spending to house these migrants, and this is why it was only that one time, but when... The migrants were were dropped off in Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard Lost was its mind, ex- yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Nantucket. Oh my gosh, the Vineyard people are like, how dare you? It was Nantucket, wasn't it? I think it was Martha's Vineyard. Oh no, it was the Vineyard. I think it you're was right the, the first time. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So when they were dropped off on one of those fancy islands, um, it was it showed you what's really going on. It 50, showed you fifty people is all it took. Um. Yeah. That's that's all it took. It's it's amazing that this is what ended up happening. So I I, it, I I I just I can't get over Buck. I mean, again, for anybody out there who's who's listening to us, four star hotel in the heart of Manhattan, your taxpayer dollars are going to put illegal immigrants in four star hotels in the heart of Manhattan. And I just what percentage of you listening to us right now could afford to go on a vacation right now? and stay in a four-star hotel in the heart of Manhattan. I bet not a huge percentage, right? Take your whole family, travel there. You'd have to pay for all of it. Illegal immigrants are doing it on your taxpayer dollars. It's I just, just want to know. staggering. What's the, and, and what is the, uh, expect? These, these are people who are really not supposed to be in the country at all. Yes. And and can they live in this, can they live in a taxpayer expense for two years, for five years, you know, how, how long do they get they put up in this hotel for? How it's long are question. taxpayers on the hook for this? It's and amazing how does it what the Democrats end? are doing. They're protesting because they don't want it to end. But think about what the incentive structure you are sending for people in poor countries who hear that this is what happens when you come to America. Wouldn't you travel if you had an awful existence in a Latin American country and you heard you could stay in a four star hotel in New York City? I mean. Yeah. The incentive structure is completely broken. I, I, if I were a New Yorker who had been evicted from my house or my, you know my home in the last six months, I would be really, really angry because yeah. you know you didn't pay the bank, so you have to go. But other people are getting free housing, a taxpayer for what? On what basis? They're not even supposed to be in the country. Yeah, it's a great question. Internet security continues to be an issue. Do you know if you're a T-Mobile subscriber, they lost and had hacked 37 million customer datas 
all out there right after the new year, cyber hackers gaining basically all the data they could want from T-Mobile, 37 million people. That can be exploited. Cyber hackers can use this information to commit online identity theft. And how would you know if your online info is included here? Well, one way you can know is thanks to LifeLock. They will help to ensure that if your information is out there on the Internet, if they see unusual activity in your name and you're a LifeLock customer like we are, you'll get an alert. Now, it's also important to understand this is uh, an incredible issue. Cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives everywhere. And if you become an, a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work with you to f- fix it. But remember, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Identity theft protection, in fact, starts right here. Join now and you can save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code CLAY at lifelock.com. You can also call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Either way, use my name, Clay, C-L-A-Y, to get that 25% discount, lifelock.com. Use my name, Clay, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on prize picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance, so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're proud supporters of those who serve our country and our local communities. That includes our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. 
There's an American company whose entire mission is built around serving these individuals, GovX.com. If you've served our country in one of these ways, go to GovX.com and join the community today. It's fast, easy, and totally free. GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that want to honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need on or off-duty. A portion of every order goes towards nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than 8 million people are already saving every day through GovX. Visit GovX.com and use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck, I was just reading this. One benefit, there are relatively few, from Donald Trump not being in office is that CNN, I think even Trump himself has said this, CNN has completely collapsed. CNN just posted its lowest ratings in nine years, going all the way back to 2014, before the idea of Donald Trump ever being a political candidate. And... One of the fascinating things about the collapse of CNN, and Buck, you saw it from the inside, because before CNN lost its mind, you were actually a contributor there. When you see that they are setting nine-year failure records, what do they do now? Like, How do you solve CNN in any way? It it is one of the most spectacular media meltdowns um, I've ever seen. Uh, and, And it occurred really... The, the transition happened when I was there because um, I was there for a couple of years. And so the first year was pre-Trump. And then the second year was in the Republican primary and and Trump came to the forefront and the place just became unhinged. I mean, you, you there was nothing that was too crazy that could be said about Trump. The entire institution uh, was trained effectively to despise anyone who was speaking on behalf of Trump. Uh, and and it was obvious that at some point they were just going to drive the plane into a into a cliff and and they did i mean this is there's no part of cnn's collapse that has surprised anybody who saw what was happening it was disgraceful what they did there i mean because remember they weren't an opinion channel clay they were straight news they were still saying that while donald trump was in office well they destroyed their brand and i would argue that the greatest moment in cnn's history and i bet a lot of you will remember this was the initial Gulf War uh, that we fought when Bernard Shaw's in the hotel room and everyone turned on CNN to watch a televised war effectively. And what they did during the Trump era is they effectively destroyed the entire CNN brand. I don't know how they bring it back. I really don't. It's a fascinating question. But man, nine-year low. Uh, Look, we want to tell you about how to get hooked up. I told you over the weekend I was out in Las Vegas. Great time. Fabulous city. A lot of fun. You know what wasn't fun? Sleeping in those hotel rooms without my Giza Dream Sheets. I was back late Saturday night, Sunday night. Man, it felt good. Take advantage of these sheets. They're incredible. And right now, they're under 30 bucks when you use our names, Clay and Buck. You're going to love these sheets. If you don't, trust me, you get a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee to try it out. Eight weeks every night sleeping on these sheets to make sure you're making a great purchase. Go to MyPillow.com 
Click on the radio listener special to check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets under $30. Use the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. We have been told a lot of things about the uh, war in Ukraine in the last year or so. And there has been obviously a celebrity component of all of this. You had uh, famous Hollywood actors, Ben Stiller and uh, Sean Penn, among others, go over to visit with Zelensky. He has spoken via, did, did he speak at, was it the Oscars or the, what was the, didn't he speak at, that, that's happening soon, right? I think he was, was he at the Emmys? The I, Emmys, I think they just right? had the, the Emmys. Emmys. Yeah. yeah. So, so whenever you're having, when big important international people uh, you know, international event happens, you know, Davos, whatever. You gotta, you gotta pipe in Zelensky via Skype, wearing the t-shirt, the whole thing. He spoke to, uh, he spoke to our Congress, if you remember, and in the, uh, uh, obviously recently the Biden administration invited him. And this has become, we're supposed to believe a cause of righteousness that also is something that we should be very invested, literally quite invested in as we are paying the bills here you are paying the bills uh to the tune of a hundred billion dollars for this year um right now we're having a conversation in this country about 31 trillion dollars of debt the national debt is quite high i think by anyone's standard 31 trillion dollars a lot of money we're sending a hundred billion dollars to ukraine we're told that this is a good investment this is something that we both are morally obligated to do and strategically benefit from. That is the consensus position of the foreign policy elites, whatever you think of them, the Biden administration, a lot of Republicans, too. There are a lot of Republicans who are on board for this. I'm just going to point out that right now there are some people who are whispering and increasingly, I think, going to start shouting that Russia is planning a massive offensive with new conscripts this is a, a war unlike any the U.S. has fought in recent decades. This is, uh, this is, you know, tanks against tanks. This is dug in fighting positions, advanced militaries, uh, slugging it out. And the Russian escalation clay is already leading to Zelensky demanding faster provision. It's not even enough to just get him all the munitions and pay all the bills. We have to get him faster stuff. We're sending Abrams tanks as we know. The Germans are sending leopard tanks. Now there's conversation ongoing about an, an even more advanced weapons uh, missile system that we could send to Ukraine to extend their range of being able to hit the Russians. We're back to the when are we going to start providing planes? And here's the problem. A lot of military analysts, I think, Clay, are starting to see that there is there doesn't there is no reality of Ukraine defeating russia in any short period of time that doesn't seem possible or plausible at all so are we just going to commit to sending never mind the possibility of escalation and and what could happen if that it feels like we're not even supposed to talk about that Uh, but a hundred billion dollars a year should the american people pay a hundred billion dollars a year for ukraine to fight russia for the next five years is that is that a good usage of american uh treasure I would argue no, uh, particularly because, as you mentioned, we're now over $31 trillion in debt, and the debt uh, 
interest alone is continuing to eat up a higher and higher percentage of that which we are going to be obligated to pay. But also, with the now adding tanks, the next step will be, well, should we bring in some old aircraft? It seems to me like we are continuing to tiptoe into an escalating conflict. And, you know, the idea... Last year at this time, I bet, Buck, if you had floated the idea, hey, we need to send as many tanks as we can to Ukraine, I think most people would have said, ah, that's a little bit too much. And now we're sending tanks, and there doesn't even hardly seem to be a debate at all about whether that's appropriate or whether it further uh, embeds us in this battle. And I would just point out that American uh, responses very often to foreign interests are based on the idea of, hey, they sent the weapons that they are using to kill us, right? One of the reasons we took out Soleimani was because he was involved in helping to provide the material to allow the the wounding, maiming, and killing of American troops. So he if was, you are thinking about this yeah. from the Russian perspective, would you be like, oh, those aren't Americans in the tanks? Those are just American tanks? Would that distinction really start to matter to you? Or if you're Russia, are you like, oh, America's now in this war against us? And that next step of adding planes, at some point the materials are substantial enough that you have to almost consider yourself to be an enemy combatant. And we should probably think about that before we find out the hard way what that red line There's not may even be. a debate about and, the tanks, Buck. Have you seen anybody say, hey, nope. I don't know, that's an, that's an escalation, I don't know that we need to take that step? And the fact that we've gone from we're just going to provide certain things and there'll be limitations on it to now we're sending Abrams tanks and we've we might be sending even more advanced uh, self-propelled ar- artillery and, and, and missile systems. At what point are we just going to say, you know, what, we're going to give them planes or give them everything so that they can defeat Russia? The the interest here in defeating Russia and Ukraine is it open checkbook time? Is it endless? Is there any is there any point at which the people that think that we should be provided look, Pompeo was on the show last week and he said give them anything they want, anything they need to defeat Russia. That seems kind of extreme to me. Is this really that important to the United States? And also, how does this all look? Let's say we do go into and I I, I get all the emails, people say, We're already in a recession. We weren't in enough of a recession to get the Democrats crushed in the midterms, folks. So, you know, if we're in a recession, it hasn't really it hasn't really bitten all that hard quite yet. Uh, but let's say we go into a depression or a major recession. Are we going to want to fund $100 billion a year uh, for the war in, war in Ukraine? Is that something that people are going to want to continue to do? I, I, I have to say, you know, there there's not really much communication about this and the people that say we we have an interest it's an investment in our future i keep hearing that an investment in our security i don't think whoever controls eastern ukraine matters to me and my life and and i'm a little bit concerned here that we just went through a couple of wars clay where you weren't allowed to ever really be the one standing up and saying hey what are we really trying to accomplish here now like what what is the actual goal uh, because anybody who knew anything about Afghanistan knew that it was going to end more or less the way it ended, minus the way the Biden administration did it, but that it was heading in that direction. That's been the case for 15 years. Not only that, Buck, 
What about the expense involved if China does decide to invade Taiwan? Because I'm sure you saw the American general over the weekend that's got a lot of attention. He had sent a memo basically to all of his troops saying, I think that China is going to invade Taiwan in 2025. Now, whether or not that ends up being true, we know that we would then, I think more so than with Russia, because I think China is a bigger threat to us than Russia is. But are we going to spend hundreds of billions of dollars also simultaneously defending Taiwan from Chinese aggression? Are we going to end up in a situation? And I can understand the argument of, well, this, what's going on in Ukraine shows that we will stand in defense of Taiwan, but can we afford to do both? I, I don't hear anybody hardly asking that question, but if we're spending $100 billion plus and it's a never-ending checkbook of essentially a ground war that is uh, that is building its own Maginot line, it almost feels like, right, where you're just embedded there and neither side can move that much, are we going to invest tens of billions of dollars on an annuity basis for Ukraine while simultaneously potentially having to do the same thing in Taiwan? And can we afford to do both, given where our budget situations are right now? I think those are real, honest, adult questions that are should be asked that aren't being asked by very many people. I think there's very little discussion about what the Biden administration is seeking to achieve uh, because anyone who's paying attention to Ukraine right now would say it doesn't look like we will be able to support a Ukrainian uh, breakthrough and and expulsion of Russian forces in the next year and perhaps for years. Yes. So this this thing of oh if we just keep giving them stuff they'll do the fighting. Okay, five years. How how long do we? Because the Russian the Russian Federation, as much as we were led to believe we're going to cripple them with our sanctions, it was all lies, crap, nonsense. The Russian Federation is huge, has a lot of people, and is not going to stop. So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe maybe the Biden administration, the people that are involved in this calling the shots, they're not very smart on anything else. Why would I assume they're smart on this? I always approach it from that perspective. I think, I think it's, it's a fantastic question. And again, in the context of what might happen in Taiwan and in, in, in the wake of what this American general is saying... Are we able to have effectively a two-fronted war? Maybe we're going to be directly involved in Taiwan, and that's going to be different, but it seems like a huge mess, and it certainly is a massive expenditure that doesn't appear to be ending anytime soon. I want to bring your attention to something else. I'm here today because my mother chose life. You're here today because your mother chose life. The miracle of life is a gift that every baby deserves because every life is precious. That's why I've partnered with Preborn Pregnancy Clinics to help rescue the lives of tens of thousands of babies. Preborn introduces babies to their mothers through ultrasound. After hearing the heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby, she is twice as likely to choose life. Through love, compassion, and free ultrasounds, Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies, and every day their clinics save 150 babies' lives. Now that's a miracle. One ultrasound is just $28, the cost of a meal out. Could you make that kind of contri- uh, contribution today to Preborn? Please consider it. Or if you have the, the funds, you could sponsor five ultrasounds for $180, $140 to help rescue five babies' lives. Any amount will help, whatever you can spare. And remember, all gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your donation will go to saving babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. 
That's pound 250. Say baby or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com slash buck. Preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Get to know the guys outside the issues. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcast. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Let me tell you about an American company whose entire mission is built around supporting this same community of people, which I'm a part of and proud to be so. GovX.com is an online shopping platform that people like me with service-related backgrounds have been using for years. There are over 8.5 million GovX members benefiting from the site today. As a GovX member, I get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. If you're a member, GovX.com is the first place to check when you're shopping online. If you've served our country in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, emergency medical services, or other government agency roles, go to GovX.com. That's govgovx.com and create your free membership today. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart and you'll get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, Donald Trump was back on the road, both in New Hampshire and in South Carolina. Really, I would say the first substantial 
I'm running for president moves for Trump since he announced the week after the midterms. He hadn't really been on the road very much. South Carolina, early primary. We've talked about that. Could be a battleground state. Certainly, New Hampshire will be both a battleground state and an early primary. And Trump, uh, well, he was talking about, as only he can, the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden laptop. Listen. We have a president whose son's laptop from hell gets taken over and exposes massive corruption like nobody's ever seen before. You think the father, do you ever hear this? Do you think the father was upset? Dad, I left my laptop in a repair shop. I forgot to pick it up and this repair guy went a little crazy when he saw what was on it. What's on it, son? Every crime that you've ever committed. Pa- <laughs> now, at what point does the father get angry? You know, like, this kid is not working out well for me. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Again, Trump's humor, I think, is by far the most underrated aspect of his entire political persona. He and is so very many people, funny. as you know, Buck, just don't get it. They don't yeah. really get the entertainment aspect of him, but he's making an important point there. Well, yes, and and it's such an interesting reminder that Hunter Biden left his laptop. I mean, what what are the things that you could possibly leave in a place that you know you would never forget about? Wallet, phone, yeah, laptop. I mean, those are, you know, whenever I'm going anywhere, traveling anywhere, as long as I have my wallet, my phone, my laptop, and everything else, I'll have Amazon delivered. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. I'll figure it out. But those are the things that you obviously need to keep uh, keep an eye on and, and keep track of. And the fact that he just left it behind and left it beyond the, the time period in which it becomes property of the uh, you know the repair shop. John Paul McIsaac, the guy in the repair shop in, Del- in Delaware. Buck, if he hadn't made a copy of it, I-, I think this is important. I had this conversation with Miranda Devine. It's up in the podcast uh, in the podcast role at Clay and Buck. We would have never known this laptop existed because remember the FBI's had it for over three years now, right? They got it in December of 2019, if I remember correctly, and now we're sitting here in 2023. If he hadn't made a copy of everything on that laptop and retained it, I don't think the FBI would have ever acknowledged that they had this laptop at all. Certainly, they haven't done anything with it yet. Where is it? We don't even know. There's. I think they would have destroyed it, and I think they would have claimed they never had it, and they did a research and a research on it, and it wasn't actually Hunter Biden's. I still don't understand. Not to just jump around to topics. I still don't understand how all these individuals. Uh, had you know the the only one that makes sense to me is, is Trump because Trump his team took you know he took the stuff stored it and said I was a president I'm taking this stuff it's mine yeah that I can understand you doing but the other stuff with Biden and and yes with Pence who uh, is now having to do the whole mea culpa thing he's like you know I, oh actually we have audio of him saying this I think right Pence is saying I'm totally responsible for this play it. Oh, I think. Oh, I, I thought we had it. My bad. I I, I was of, of the mind that we had something along those lines. Well, I'll but tell you this, Buck. 16, you... 16. There we go. Those classified documents should not have been in my personal residence. Mistakes were made. And I take full responsibility. And I've directed my counsel to work with the National Archives, with the Department of Justice, and with the Congress to fully cooperate in any investigation. I mean, they say fully cooperate. They're they're all going to skate. None of them are going to get in trouble. 
And and people that have worked in the national security side will all say, you know, I wouldn't just get get to skate on this one, but they'll they'll all skate. I I just think it's it's remarkable. They didn't just destroy the stuff. Like I keep coming back to this. You you know you you find this stuff, you throw it in the fireplace. You, you don't call the national archives. Something's we got a up. call last week uh, from a, a a listener that I thought was really good, and I went and did research on it, Buck, because I was like, how many classified documents are there? Because his question was one that I think a lot of you out there might in the back of your mind have, which is if something's missing from the classified documents, how would there be no one who knew that it was missing? Buck, the the number of classified documents, 50 million of them right now in the United States. 50 million. So if you're out there and you're like, wouldn't they know if there were six pages of classified documents missing? No, it's the government. 50 million classified document designations. Yeah. That's it's crazy. A lot. I, like that I, said. Number, I knew it was a lot, but when I saw 50 million, I was like, that is unprecedented amount of classified documents so they don't know where it all is that's for sure (laughs) we come back we got some good audio for i'm gonna play this for buck the mayor of cincinnati i'm sorry for those of you in cincinnati i think we're number one in the city right now because you lost last night in the afc championship game the mayor of cincinnati buck has not heard this gave a proclamation that is one of the most ridiculous that has everybody furious at him in the city of Cincinnati. If you haven't heard it, you're going to love it. I'm going to play it for you next. This Clay and Buck. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.